Hello everyone, welcome to the in-between episodes. Today you'll get to hear most of the cast answer some Q&A questions that were posed by you. I took questions sent in on our Twitter, Facebook, and from the contact form via our website, and I post all of them to the cast. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get everyone together at once, but I did get the cast together in two to three person chunks. We talked about everything from how to create a podcast to what they do in their spare time. We even fielded some questions posed to their characters. So sit back with some coffee or wine. Coffee and wine time are two very different portions of the day. And listen to us talk about what you wanted to hear. There are a number of questions um, that were kind of... Uh, more on the technical side of podcasting and audio dramas, so I figured I'll just answer them myself. Um, how do you create an audio drama? Um, it's, I guess since I'm a writer, all of my stuff tends to be a little dialogue heavy. Audio dramas and scripting just kind of came naturally. But I guess uh, as far as the process goes, I wrote the story first. Poplar Cove actually uh, started off as like a stage play, and then I figured there's there's so much story there that it could be changed to be a podcast. Actually, um, a number of the cast members uh, had mentioned, hey, you know, you shouldn't make this longer, you should turn this into a series, and so that's how that started. Um, after writing, then came just getting the basic tools. Lee, who plays Pickering, uh, let me borrow his rock band mic. (laughs) And we started off in Bill's church in his office, which was uh, small and carpeted. And we recorded uh, the first couple episodes in there and realized, oh, you know, I could probably do this in my office. And so we borrowed the mic for a little longer. And then um, we started recording in my office and I put shower curtains up uh, to line the walls. And then those changed to moving blankets. And then I hung stuff up to dampen more sound. And then I got a better mic. And after recording, uh, uh, I edited all of the stuff with Audacity, which I still use. I still love it. Uh, one of these days I'll upgrade to something <laughs> a little better, but right now it works really well for our budget, which is zero. <laughs> so, but yeah, and so it's it's all still very, very inexpensive. The biggest cost to start up is just the hosting fee for the sites. I use Podbean to upload all of the upload all of the episodes and then I also have my own personal website for well for work and that's you know the whole thing probably runs a little under 200 bucks for everything to be hosted so it's just, it's, it all starts with a story what made us want to do an audio drama I think I already answered that question with the last one there's something special about audio dramas and podcasts um, that have a, a script with people who read um, like old radio shows and stuff because I've I've always been a huge fan of of TV and reading like I love books I've it, when I was a kid I was latchkey and so uh, for me it was all about being bored at home and so I would escape this like super mundane like I, I could escape by reading and and then uh, went from reading to TV there's something special about the combination of, of a story that you can imagine in your head because it's not being shown to you on TV and the script that TV offers <laughs> you know like like screenplays and whatnot the combination of the two um, 
I think that's why I love audio dramas so much. Um, Nancy asked if uh, she can name one of Joanna's twins. I say go for it. Go ahead and uh, if you have a suggestion for a name of one or both of the twins, go ahead and send me a message and I'll see if I can, we'll see which one we like best. <laughs> What's it like hearing yourself on an audio drama playing someone else? Luckily, I don't have to play anyone else. Uh, mostly because I hate my, the sound of my voice. I, I talk too fast. And um, I'm not a very good actor anyway. <laughs> I'll leave that to everybody else. I'm, I'm just I'm the behind-the-scenes writer type person. Do I have any tips for aspiring podcasters? Uh, let's see, Michael, how do I answer your question? Um, I, I think for me it's, it's just getting started. Just find a topic that you really feel passionate about or something that you really like and uh, get a fairly hefty some mic. You can get a hefty some mic for like under, you know, under a hundred bucks. And Audacity's free. You know, just play around with it for a little bit. Just record yourself like, I don't know, reading a section out of a book just so you can have some audio to work with and play around with that. And once you're done with that and you have your topic that you love, give yourself maybe some talking points or something like that and just, um, just go. Just talk. Uh, get some other people to bounce ideas off of uh, during the show or whatever. Just just go. Uh, actually doing it and actually making it is the hardest part, I think. Because, you know, in the beginning you have your self-doubt. You're like, ah, no one's going to want to listen to this. No one's going to want to listen to me talk, talk about whatever, you know, underwater basket weaving or whatever. But hey, there are some people who love underwater basket weaving and would love a podcast about it. So... How do you make your voice sound so good on a podcast? I love the editing portion of podcasting and audio dramas as much as much as I love the writing portion. I love the the layering of the different aspects of the audio drama. You know, there's there's the music in the background and then there's the background noise and then there's all of the audio clips from everybody's recordings and then there's the sound effects and when you layer it just right it's like putting a puzzle together when you layer it just right you get this beautiful picture at the end and so I don't know it, it, it all it takes practice either um when it comes to the voice actors and getting their voices sounding really good it's I, know, I, I think it's a combination of of practicing the lines and getting the right kind of spontaneity. Like, uh, we were talking uh, when Lee was here. I don't like to give him the script beforehand. The first read, the cold read, always sounds better to me than the other ones. You know, I don't know, maybe it's just uh, Pickering's character, and that's that's why. Whereas other characters, other uh, voice actors, when I let them, I, like, I'll give, I'll send William the script and he'll, or William plays Roger, I'll send him the script and he'll practice and practice and you can totally tell because he'll come in, bam, first take sounds so good because he's been practicing at home. Um, so yeah, it's a combination of that and editing, uh, like editing out the background noise and stuff. I never really have to edit like their actual dialogue too much. Of course, that would be a little bit different when it comes to a regular podcast, not like audio dramas, because audio dramas, everything's scripted. You know what what's supposed to be said. But when it comes to po actual podcasting, I love podcasts that leave in a little bit of the, you know, the ums and the, the stuttering and stuff because it, it sounds more natural. It sounds like you're just like talking to a friend about this really interesting topic or whatever instead of uh, having something that sounds overly scripted. Um, so it also depends on the podcast. 
Poplar Cove is actually based on a real place. It's based on Oak Harbor, Washington, which is where I was born. I didn't spend a lot of time there, <laughs> which <laughs> based on the story it might be good or bad, but um, the actual place, like, uh, like Oak Harbor um, on Whidbey Island, Washington, it's, it's so beautiful there. Um, it's, it's a, it's a military base, <laughs> but I mean, like outside of that, it's, you know, I love the Pacific Northwest trees everywhere. The air smells great. I love the rain. I lived in Florida for a little while and I don't know the flat landscape and the heat and like the humidity. Is a new show Lovecraftian like Poplar Cove? A little bit. It's not nearly as much. It's got, it takes some, some elements of, of Lovecraft, but, um, like it, it's not in the mythos. Matthew wants to know how I add sound effects. Okay, I get most of my sound effects from freesound.org. Um, I look for Creative Commons and stuff under there. But I also, we make a lot of ours. I will sit in my office and I'll bang pots and pans together or whatever I need. <laughs> and I'll um, make sound effects that way. Um, and then just layering them, making sure you get the right volume because you don't want it too loud, you don't want it too soft. Um, I'm still trying to tweak that audio level on my end because I'm still learning. This is all still pretty brand new to me. Poplar Cove is our first, uh, is my first audio drama that I've ever worked with. Um, it's the first podcast I've ever done. I got together with Bill Fulton and his son Guy Fulton and my husband Jake. I hadn't seen Bill in a long time, so it was nice to catch up. My name is Jacob DeVore, and I play Mac Tillingast. My name is Bill Fulton, and I play Mayor Prentice. My name is Guy, and I play Spalding. What sorts of projects do you do in your spare time? Well, in my spare time, I like to paint watercolors and sketch, so I'm an artist, and I also like to go backpacking in Olympic National Park, and I like to sing. What's your favorite hike in Olympic National Park? Oh, my favorite hike uh, is up the Elwha River over Low Divide and down the Quinault River. That sounds really long. Oh, really? <laughs> it's about 47 miles. Yeah. It sounds amazing, though. Yeah, it's fun. You have really good pictures on Facebook. Thank you. Uh, I am a PC gamer because I don't have enough other things to do with my time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, besides work and the occasional recording episode i don't do a whole lot with my time but yeah, but your, your work takes like most of my time yes yeah. <laughs> so in my spare time yes my spare time uh lots of uh sofa lounging and uh computer gaming uh in my spare time i like to hide in lots of like rooms which have a lot of curtains in them oh no it's, it's very it's comforting <laughs> and exciting I also like to smash globes, and I like to hide large amounts of Q-tips in places that people won't find them. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this picture today of this gal who had, she, she bought like a dozen or three dozen little ducks that are like, you know, like an ducks. inch tall. Yeah, little ducks that are like an inch tall, and she was just hiding them around the house. <laughs> and so all of a sudden she hears downstairs, why is there a duck in my coffee cup? <laughs> I had for Mayor, or that was from Nancy for Mayor Prentice was asking if Mayor Prentice was going to come back too because 
Spalding came back as a ghost, so they asked if Prentice was going to come back as a ghost. Oh, that's a great question. And um, here, Prentice is a very mysterious character, so uh, I think it's very possible. And um, we'll have to wait and see. If Mayor Prentice was a ghost, do you think he would haunt anywhere? I think he would. He would be a creepy, haunting ghost. Yeah, he would. He, because, you know, he just can't let go of things. Yeah. And so he's got to keep hanging around, trying to find out and uh, try to influence things. So, yeah, I definitely think he'd be a creepy ghost. Um, another question for Prentice was uh, off of Twitter, and he got a message to ask, did, did Mayor Prentice know about the sacrifices before he took office? Yes, he did, um, because he was a part of the entire culture of the town, and um, he actually kind of uh, liked it, and so um, that was one of the reasons he became mayor. You know, um, it's just uh, appealed to his creepy nature. <laughs> it takes a certain kind of person. <laughs> it, it does, and he was that kind. Um, do, if you, like, real you, not character you, would you want to live in Poplar Cove? Mm. It's okay to say no. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a nice place to visit. <laughs> Which I think is in line with the uh, the Tourism Bureau mm. mantra. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd like to live there. It seems yeah. like a nice place. <laughs> and there's lots to do. What's there going on? There's a lot going on. Well, if I could be a little philosophical, mm. I think we do live in Poplar Cove. <laughs> because the earth can only sustain so many people. Oh, you know, I thought about Poplar Cove as being a metaphor for our Earth. Because uh, when are we going to get to the point when no more people can be fit on the planet? Yeah. And if someone's born, who's going to die? I mean, it's unsustainable what we're doing now. Does anyone know what the statistics are for that? Like how many people are born each day and how many people die each day? Yeah, I don't know. If only there was a tool. Ah, there's no tool. <laughs> I, I, think, I think in like Pacific, South Pacific Islands, that sort of thing actually happened, where like the island got too many people on it, and they just had to say, "You're going to have to get in a boat and leave." And that's a theory about how all of the crazy islands like Easter Island were populated because, uh, yeah, because of popular cove type incidents, basically. Or maybe people, quote, self-exiled themselves. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no food here. <laughs> there's no opportunity for them. They said, you know, yeah. I can have better opportunity on another island. Mm. Right. They were voted off the island. Voted, <laughs> voted off the island, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just like one gigantic, like... Reality show. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be horrible. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Mayor Apprentice is back there in, like, the, you know, the office where all the TV screens are where he's editing footage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what, uh, podcasts, radio shows, or TV shows do we listen to or watch as people, not characters? Or as your character? What, which ones? Mm. Well, Prairie Home Companion is the, um, the one that I like the best. I like that one too. Can't go wrong with Prairie Home Companion and Garrison Keillor. Mm -hmm. Quite. I really like the first kind of, um, like audio drama ish, like radio show that I listen to, I think. That and Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, which isn't. Uh, it's not audio it's, drama. It's not, it's not a drama, but. So, yeah, Prairie Home was one of my early ones, too. And so, to drill even deeper, his Guy Noir 
private eye segment was <laughs> was always a hoot. <laughs> yeah, that's Guy Noir is great. <laughs> I still listen to the incredibly old Pinkwater podcast, which is really great. I don't. It's probably not the first podcast ever, but it's it's really old. It's been going for like ten years. Daniel Pinkwater. Yeah, Daniel Pinkwater. And uh, Harmontown. I listen to that too. Good podcast. I listen to Harmontown vicariously through you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they sat up from the stage and they complained for about an hour, and that was it. It was great. I've, um, since I've been a part of a podcasting group on Facebook, like the amount of podcasts I listen to now is like just exponentially larger. Like, I there's not enough room on my podcast app. Yeah. <laughs> Jake knows, because every now and then he'll come in and he'll be like, why are you listening to now? What is this new podcast? Uh, and he's like, oh, I just found 300 more today. <laughs> I just found a new one today. <laughs> what kind of podcast do you listen to? Uh, me, I listen to a little bit of everything. Uh, there's a lot of horror ones, like Pleasing Terrors and um, No Sleep. And then there's, I like the gaming ones. I like uh, Adventure Zone. Have you started Adventure Zone? Yeah. Zone? Have you found another D and D one? I have not. They're oh. hard to find ones that satisfy me. Mm. There's a lot of D and D ones, but they're just not. <laughs> it's like there's a lot of fish in the sea, but they're all terrible. <laughs> no, they're not terrible. But they're all they're just not my style. They're all tuna. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. What's everyone's favorite F and W cafe dish? The fish and chips, obviously. <laughs> the blue sauce. The blue sauce, <laughs> the sauce and, and the pulp wine. <laughs> the pulp wine. <laughs> Everything coffee. I like the lick pods. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good. Um, what other questions? A lot of questions here. Uh, huh. well, there's... Do you have... Okay, so Michael asks, how can you make your voice sound so good on a podcast? I don't. You guys <laughs> <laughs> do a really good job. Every, um, like, of all of the compliments I we get for the podcast, there's always something about how awesome the voice actors are. Well, it's about getting into your character mm-hmm. and letting the character take over you so that your voice reflects that character. Yeah. And it's fun because, I mean, how often do you get to put yourself into another character? You know, we have to be our boring old selves most of the time and never get a chance to really uh, get out of our own uh, world and into something else. It's fun. Agreed. There's another question that reminded me of that. And it was something about, I can't find it here on the list. It was something about, um, do you do different kinds of acting? And so I thought of of Bill because you do stage acting, right? Well, I was active in community theater uh, for quite a few years. Um haven't done any lately, but yeah, I learned a lot there. Um, uh, people showed me how to get into your character, and um, that's what—that's my background. Yeah. That's awesome. And you can always tell who the stage actors are in the studio because you guys do a really good job, like projecting and just like mm. getting really getting into your character. You and, and Lee and Raylan are like the three that I can think <laughs> of that are just like very. One thing people don't know about doctors is that they're all actors. <laughs> because you have to pretend to be sad or happy when you're breaking the news to someone. Oh, 
your grandmother died. <laughs> but we brought her back to life. <laughs> but she's terrible now. So I'm sad but happy. You know, you have to... That was me acting, so yeah, it was pretty good at that. Really, the doctor is thinking about his uh, vacation that he's yeah. going to be taking. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how am I going to put my Beamer on my yacht? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or Minecraft. Or Minecraft. <laughs> most doctors are thinking about Minecraft most they of the should, time. They should be thinking about Tetris. I mean, or, yeah, real, like, or, or Dr. Mario. Or something. Yeah, that's what doctors are with. They, they don't... They don't really care about all that stuff. They're good actors. <laughs> they teach you that in medical school these days. Um, oh, this was a question. Uh, what in your life experience was most helpful to you in becoming a voice actor? Mm. <laughs> yeah, there were some really thoughtful ones, and then there were, you know, mm. fish and chips. <laughs> Well, the the acting background that I had, but I think when you read a lot, mm. you put yourself into a novel, you know, like an old-fashioned novel. You put yourself in it, and you start um, imagining how the voices might sound, and I think that's the beginning of it. Mm. That makes a lot of sense, because like you said, it's, it's all print, and it's all based on what the... Uh, how the author writes it and how the reader interprets it. Mm -hmm. And so it could mean a thousand different things to a thousand different people. And you have to, to make it up yourself so that you're right. It's kind of stokes the imagination. And like you said, it puts you in a, a whole new person. And so you can experience other lives, other character types that way. Another thing I was thinking about was when I was in like third, fourth, fifth grade, our teachers would read books to us, chapter mm -hmm. books, mm -hmm. and the whole class would just be mesmerized. <laughs> and she'd say, okay, that's the end of the chapter. We're going to stop now. And we'd all say, no, no, don't stop. <laughs> read the next chapter. <laughs> and our teachers um, made us, we all entered into the story together. We were all in another world. And I think that helped the imagination, you know, the imagination took that leap. I wonder if teachers still do that, because I remember <clears throat> when I was in, I don't know, elementary school, they would, we would get back from lunch recess, and they would read to us, mm -hmm. where we, like, calm down after running right. around and yeah. stuff like that. Um, what does Mac keep in his backpack? Oh, all sorts of things. Like what? Um, well, you can never go wrong with a length of rope. Uh, there's his trusty mess kit, you know, with scorch marks from all those Esbit-fueled uh, camp cuisine. Um, Do you think Mac shops at REI? I think Mac owns stock in REI. <laughs> <laughs> That's his only possession. <laughs> really. It's an REI brand backpack filled with REI brand everything. REI brand stock. Does he have a sketchbook? Does he have? Does he have a journal? No, he's not artsy enough. Oh, okay. he's not Bill Fulton. <laughs> <laughs> Every backpack should have a sketchbook. This is true. That does make a lot of sense. <laughs> he should have a disposable, an Instamatic. <laughs> yeah. Really um, okay, This one's uh, addressed to Pickering or Spalding, but since we have Spalding here, 
It says, how did the population issue arise? Did it start with the American settlers or was it even older? What do you know? Uh, well, I've heard that the, uh, you know, like America is the story of people uh, getting like really weird people who have to leave a place and go uh, to another place. And so the weirdest people end up on the West Coast, of course, because they are <laughs> the ones who have gone furthest. And uh, this is one of the most remote places on the West Coast. So obviously some incredibly bizarre uh, settlers came and they brought their issues with them. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what those are, but those clearly involve gods uh, who really love the number 10,000 or whatever. Uh, who knows why? So that's that's my theory, and I'm a doctor. <laughs> so it's true. <laughs> I think that's how Australia got to be, how Australia yeah. is. Not the people, just the animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That makes a lot Small of things sense. things onto something. Yeah. It's a theory of evolution, practically. <laughs> Or something. So my theory is that the forefathers of the town were very controlling, mm. and they liked things to be the same, mm. and so they were um, like fanatic about um, enforcing sameness. Mm. We're never going to have more than ten thousand. We're never going to have less. It's always going to be the same. Poplar Cove is like the perfect place to go if you don't like change. Yeah. 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 You would love it in Poplar Cove. I don't know why you say I know, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, now I want to ask, is Poplar Cove based on a real place? Which, technically, it kind of is. It's based on Oak Harbor. Because it was supposed to be called Oak Harbor, because that's where I was born, and it's kind of weird, I think. I don't remember. I left when I was... How did they let you leave? Like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Someone else was born. <laughs> <laughs> Also... Your twin sister. Yeah. <laughs> she she lives in the mountains. There. <laughs> um... I mean, another aspect of this is the whole idea of sacrifice. Mm. You think about uh, many cultures in the world that have had human sacrifice, mm. like the Aztecs or the early uh, religions in the, uh, in the Near East. And, uh, you know, there was really something to that. They, they believed that if they sacrificed a human being, that they would be somehow blessed with some fertility or some kind of blessing. Mm. So uh, maybe this town kind of picked up on that and thought that, um, you know, if we have too many, we will appease the gods. Maybe it's religious. Yeah. It's, I mean... Maybe it works. <laughs> maybe it does work. <laughs> They haven't sunk into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because we don't know what would happen if the numbers were really screwed up, do we? No. And we don't want to know. No. <laughs> does, no. does anybody <laughs> actually know? know? The gods would uh, <laughs> the gods come know. down on you big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then someone asked, is the new show Lovecraftian like Poplar Cove? Which it's not. So, But I mean, there's going to be a hint of maybe... Like, everything, I think, is kind of based a little bit on Lovecraft if it's... A little sci-fi-ish and horror-ish, maybe. Mm. Sometimes. Um, what is it like hearing yourself on an audio drama playing someone else? Oh, my voice always sounds alien. It doesn't sound like <laughs> me at all. I, I don't understand how anyone can stand it. <laughs> I, I feel the same way about my own voice. That uh, it's even on, like, voicemail just 
to hear your voice recorded and played back sounds so different from what it sounds like in your own ears when you're speaking. It's sometimes I don't even recognize myself. The great thing about affecting a voice which isn't yours is that when you hear it, it sounds so different from yours, you don't even think it's you. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. So I like listening to it. It's like, oh, who's that guy? <laughs> I really like his voice. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a couple times when I've um, <clears throat> just been editing for like hours upon end, and so it'll be the same scene over and over and over and over and over again. It'll get to the point where I'm like, who is that? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> for other people do you have any uh tips for aspiring podcasters do you guys do you want to start a podcast of your own uh, maybe i would i would, I would listen, love I would the the guy fulton podcast <laughs> oh yeah it would just it could be about anything and everything and it would just go and you could hello i'm in a room with a lot of curtains now <laughs> so I'm gonna, we're gonna spend an hour with curtains today <laughs> I want to hear the, the Wine and Wikipedia podcast by Guy Fulton. Yes. <laughs> I think you'd be a following very fast, Guy. Uh, Make this a thing. Yes. Stat. <laughs> Doctor, get a podcast. <laughs> Wait, would you ever think about making your own podcast? Yeah. Priest podcast. <laughs> You've got every... Oh, we should probably talk about what we do in our, like, or like what we do as a living. Yeah. Because the REI joke just kind of... Because no one knew. Okay, the the Mac REI joke. I uh, used to work at REI. Uh, <laughs> I'm not endorsed. Please don't sue me. <laughs> uh, I currently work for. Yeah, are you allowed to say? Uh, I'm a federal employee. <laughs> Period. <laughs> I I work for the Internal Revenue Service, so I'm a G man in my daytime hours. I'm the man. You're the man. You're the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm something. I don't know why. And I'm an Episcopal priest for my living. I thought that was, like, I didn't, when we had gone to your house to record that initial scene with Katie, it was originally just to hear the narrator. And so I just, like, had you come in as filler to play the mayor, and it was too perfect. But then when I thought about it, and I'm like, a priest playing the mayor is just really weird. A murderous mayor. <laughs> you ever thought about having, like, a crazy priest in your thing? I, I kind of think about it because there's there have been a couple like clips um some of the shorts have had uh like a crazy religious uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm a gnome i go around with a bag and i make furniture creaky by putting creaks into furniture <laughs> <laughs> you're very good. You're very prolific. People say it's a job which has no purpose, but I tell them, "What about your stupid job? <laughs> What's so special about that?" Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm having an existential crisis right now. <laughs> oh, you make podcasts? Well, I put creaks in furniture. <laughs> like how... make the creaking furniture podcast right now. <laughs> oh, we need to make this a thing. this for Pickering, but I'm going to ask you, just because you used to work at REI. Oh. He says, I need some adventuring gear advice as I am planning on spelunking on a spelunking adventure in the mountains of madness. 
Uh, what should I absolutely bring, and what should I avoid? Um, well, you're going to want to avoid the steel-belted Coleman cooler. <laughs> um, I know you can hang it off your belt clip, but I don't know. If we're going to go lightweight, uh, so definitely you need some good rope. Uh, uh, French press. A French press. Titanium chopsticks. Um, Do you have titanium wine glasses? A collapsible that? wine glass. They, they have that. That's a thing. Uh, definitely a bug net hat. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those Lovecraftian books are the worst. Oh, they are the worst. So <laughs> Antarctic need... Lovecraftian books. <laughs> so you need a, a Lovecraftian rated bug net made out of uranium. Uranium? Lead. <laughs> uh, you know, and... Uh, uh, lights, right? lights. Lights. I guess you get 30,000 headlamps. <laughs> I think you should also bring some slippers because it's cold and a dissection kit. You should never go hiking without one. A dissection kit. You're spelunking in Poplar Cove. You're going to need a snake bite kit. Or 12. <laughs> and about 17 pairs of wool socks. Okay, go. <laughs> uh... I think everything else is kind of... Oh, uh, well, we already kind of covered that. Someone asked, what sorts of things do you do other than voice acting? Some of us, lots of things. Others, not so much. So, voice... I do voice... Um, voice not acting. Voice not acting. <laughs> <laughs> that voice regular. Voice regular. <laughs> Voice not in action. Yeah. <laughs> Something I do every day. How did you get into acting or voice acting? I was roped into it. Yeah, because you're married to the writer slash director. Yeah, the perks. Sex for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got started on community theater, and then you asked me, and I said, why not? How did you get started in community theater? Well... I was going through a crisis in my life, and um, my job had kind of uh, fallen apart, and um, I needed something to do to get away from the job. And a, a friend said, you ought to be in Oklahoma, the play coming up, the musical. And I said, oh, all right. <laughs> it was really fun. And so then I got in the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So you were asked to participate in Oklahoma, and you said, okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to throw you into the pit. <laughs> <laughs> Dip your waitress on here all week. What was the question? <laughs> uh, oh, how did right. you get into acting or voice acting? Oh, that's right. I think uh, you just sort of showed up <laughs> at, in the dark and it one night, and you just said, come. I was hiding behind your curtain. You were wearing, like, this weird robe, and you had a mask on. I went to this room with other people with robes and masks, and there was a <laughs> ceremony, and it just, it took all night. I don't even remember much about it. <laughs> Except that you came out the other side, a voice actor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you, uh, you did uh, forensics in high school. Oh, that's right, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was really bad at it. Including some uh, um, extemporaneous things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? I don't remember. <laughs> you had to come up with a... They give you a topic and you had to talk extemporaneously just off the top of your head. Cool. So the guy cool. got pretty good at that. It shows. <laughs> Have you ever taken a drama class? 
I have not. Have you taken any drama class? Never have. I didn't take any classes, but I did participate in a couple of high school plays. Nice. Um, <laughs> with a non-speaking role. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I became the lighting guy, so nice. I don't know if that really pertains. <laughs> I took a drama class um, because all of the other um, electives were closed. <laughs> and so I was like roped into it because I needed an English elective. And so I took it, and I remember being really bad at it. And uh, we had like a monologue we were supposed to do, but then we had one where it was just like two of us were supposed to go up on stage. And so we went into the auditorium, and the auditorium was pretty empty. So I, I went up there with the other person, and I sucked really bad, and I missed, like, like five cues. And every time she would just stare at me, like, what do I do now? And I'm like, I don't know, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so she got a lesson in improv that day. <laughs> right. right. I guess it's we we should have a closing question. I just don't know what the closing question is. Like a, a question that makes everybody feel happy and satisfied. What is your closing question? Do you have one? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> I guess we could end with what type of chandelier goes best in a guest bathroom. <laughs> what kind of what? Chandelier goes best in a guest bathroom. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> this is an Elizabeth question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Maybe. Uh, how many different kinds of chandeliers are there to begin with? Oh, I That's should a ask better Elizabeth. I'll, I'll say that Mac asked Elizabeth. <laughs> how many different types of chandeliers are there? Um, do you have any? Do you have any um, suggestions for? Season two. A really dangerous chandelier because in the guest bathroom? Well yeah, because it'd be good for a murder mystery, like, <laughs> like you go into the guest bathroom and someone's dead and the chandelier fell on them and you're like, Oh, someone probably killed them. We have to find out. This, and, uh, so yeah. This should have been one of those one of those things in clue that like, you know, you yeah, could be exactly. a wrench or a piece of rope or a chandelier. Right. <laughs> Murdered so in the bathroom with the chandelier. <laughs> Maybe a guest bathroom should have a very dim chandelier so they won't spend too much time and get it too dirty. Um. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any uh, suggestions for uh, season two? What do you want Mac to do in season two? Mac needs to have more riotous adventures. Shooting things with archery hmm. and he'll probably have to make a lot of coffee runs <laughs> so staple staple uh what oh we're gonna get a character for you but i'm not sure if it should be apprentice again or not okay if you were to play a different character in popular cove what would you want to play oh my Oh, That's my, my question. That's not their question. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
A grumpy old curmudgeon. <laughs> I bet you there's a lot of those in there. <laughs> but he'd be the, the hermit that lives out in the hills by himself because he hates uh, population. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get off my lawn. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. We can do this thing. So what, what is uh, what Spalding going to yeah, do? What would, you, what would you want Spalding to do next next season? Oh, I think he'd be cool if it, he ran like a ghost train taking <gasps> like spirits to the underworld. Oh, that would be fun. I know. It'd be like the Polar Express, except for it'd be going to hell. <laughs> and so it'd be like the opposite of Well, Polar no, there'd be a really nice train ride with lots of beautiful scenery and cho- hot chocolate and things. Would it be one of Chandeliers. those, like, crime... <laughs> one of those, like, dinner theater trains? Sure. Murder not mystery. not going to be involved in murder that, mystery. but someone, if they want to do that, that's... It's the murder <laughs> mystery train to figure out who killed you. Ah! Uh, <laughs> yeah. All time. Uh, well, thanks for coming over. Yeah, this is fun. Yay. Thank you. Yay. I was also able to catch up with William Nelson so he could answer some questions as well. He's a voice talent behind Roger Trescott Owensby. I mean, Mayor Roger Trescott Owensby. While I wasn't able to get him in the studio, we still got to chat via online recording tag. It's like regular schoolyard tag, except with lots of busy schedules and emails. What's your favorite F&W cafe dish? Well, if I, if I had to pick one, I'd have to say the tentacalzone is the uh, best one on the menu there, and uh, very, very tasty. How do you create an audio drama? Well, I don't actually create it, uh, I'm more of just a player. Um, Joy gives me the script, I read through it, and then I try to come up with a, a voice that would match the character that she's presented to me. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. What podcasts, radio shows, or TV shows do you like to listen to or watch? Um, well, before this, I've never done any podcasts or radio shows. Um, I do a lot of TV shows. Uh, Gotham, um, I like that one. Uh, Star Trek Discovery. That's that's been pretty interesting lately. Uh, the Orville, uh, mostly a lot of sci-fi. Um, I like sci-fi. I like scary stuff. Uh, things of that nature. What sorts of projects do you do in your spare time? Like art or music or writing or crafts? Well, um, I'm a writer. I'm currently working on my second novel. Um, I'm also a mixed media artist. Uh, I do crafting. Um, I build uh, props and costumes. I'm a costumer. Uh, I play the drums in a band. Um, I, I just got a lot of hobbies. Lots of hobbies. <laughs> What's it like hearing yourself on an audio drama playing somebody else? Well, the first time I heard my voice back, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I've never actually done um, anything like this before. Uh, I'm not an actor, but I do play one in real life, so I figured uh, I'd be perfect for something like this. And when Joy gave me the opportunity, I jumped on it, and I hope to be able to um, do more of this type of thing in the future. I'd like to really get into it. I think it's a lot of fun. What's Roger's favorite type of pizza? I would have to say uh, Canadian bacon, uh, pepperoni, pineapple, and mushroom. Uh, Half of it being the pepperoni and mushroom, the other half being the Canadian bacon and pineapple. That way you can get uh, two pieces, side by side, pepperoni and mushroom, Canadian bacon and pineapple, and at the same time, uh, you know, and it's it's not the same if you put it all over the entire pizza. You have to have two slices, like, totally separate, 
uh, on the plate together to have that combination. Uh, it's just his thing. <laughs> Do you have any tips for aspiring podcasters? Uh, I would have to say just go for it. Uh, just have fun with it. Uh, look at the character. Read the character. Read the description of the the writer and the director have given you uh, that they would like for you to por- portray. Um, and then a really helpful thing with me is record the voices that you're that you're working on um, like over and over again uh, until you can listen back to them and get an idea of where you're where you're at with them. Um, that's that's been the most helpful thing for me. I have a small uh, recording device. It's, it's called a Zoom recorder. It's a hand recorder, and I will just um, do the voice, and then I'll listen to it back, and uh, I'll adjust it and do it a couple of times to try to get it right. How can you make your voice sound so good on a podcast? Well, once again, uh, most of it's luck. Uh, most of it's uh, a lot of it is good writing that I receive from you know from Joy. Um, and then once again, I'd have to say practicing it on the hand recorder and trying to, to get it right before I go over there to actually do the recording. That way um, I can you know really get into it. A lot of times I'm away over to Joy's house, I'll stop at Burger King and be getting like food to eat on the way there. And while I'm parked in the parking lot uh, eating my food, I will practice the lines out loud in voice like to myself just to kind of get a feel for it before I step into the studio and do the recording. That kind of helps you really, you know, kind of, you've already done it a bunch of times, you're ready to go, you get in there, you get with the other people and then you, and then you just, you can get it uh, a lot easier and uh, so it goes a lot smoother that way. If you really lived in Poplar Cove, what would you do? I would run for my life and immediately leave, probably. Uh, especially if they were over 10,000 people, um, that would probably be a good idea to, to, uh, to vacate the premises. <laughs> to Mayor Roger, what advice do you have on planning the ultimate pizza party? Well, you have to get Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon must be at the party. If you don't have Kevin Bacon at the pizza party, then it's not a pizza party that you want to be at. What, in your life experience, was most helpful to you in becoming a voice actor? I would have to say Joy offering me the part at the last minute and letting me become part of the cast. (laughs) Uh, Before that, I'd always wanted to do voice acting, but I had never been given the opportunity before now to do so. Um, I think in the future, I hope to uh, actually do this more often and eventually, uh, you know, maybe get known a little bit for it. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, It's just a lot of fun. Voice acting and acting in general is something I've always been interested in. So uh, hopefully um, I can uh, move forward with it and then do it a lot more in the future. What sorts of things do you do other than voice acting? Well, once again, um, I play the drums, I write, uh, I do performance poetry, I'm a mixed media artist, and I design costumes and props, Um, uh, just many things like that. I like to go to concerts and events. We do like the Comic-Con and, you know, the uh, Crypticon and the Steamcon and and all that kind of thing. We like to go out, lots of movies, we watch lots of movies, Uh, video games, huge video gamer, uh, and board games. I'm immensely into board games, I've got like just a ton. And uh, we love that, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, 
Are your voice actors professional or do they do other things as their day job? If so, what's your day job? Well, uh, my day job is I work in the financial industry. It's not something that I love. I mean, a lot of people say, uh, hey, do what you love, you know, but in reality, you oftentimes have to do something that you don't love because all the stuff that you love is doesn't pay squat. So all the stuff that I love, for instance, I haven't been able to make a ton of money at yet. So in the meantime, I have to do something that I don't exactly love. You know, I mean, I don't mind it so much. I mean, it's good money and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, wearing a suit and tie and going to work every day and helping people with their money, it's not uh, something that I would ever consider as fun. Uh, I used to work at the video store, but as we all know, video stores are no more. Uh, that was fun. I didn't make very good money at it, uh, but it was fun. You're getting people a product that they love. You're doing something that you really enjoy. And I was really, very sad when the video stores uh, all closed down. I wish they would make a comeback. How did you get into voice acting or acting? Well, I was playing some board games with uh, Joy and Jake, and they mentioned they were doing this podcast. And then they said, hey, we got this part. It's a small part, but it's uh, very fun, and we would like for you to try out for it. And so I came over, I tried out for it, and they said, hey, that's perfect. And uh, that's how I got the part. Um, so um, that's how I got into voice acting. Hmm.